then Allah says, الشَّيْطَانُ The shaytan. يَعِذُكُمْ He threatens you. يَعِذُ is from the root letters وَعَيْن دَال And from these root letters, you get the word وَعْد or وَعْدَ which means a promise. And you also get the word وَعِيد which means a threat. Over here, يَعِذُ is from وَعِيد. So the shaytan, he threatens you with al-faqra, the poverty. What is faqr? Faqr is worse than maskana. Maskana, poverty, but faqr is even worse. When a person is miskeen, he is needy in the sense that he doesn't have enough. But when a person is faqir, it means that he has nothing. He has zero. Nothing at all. He's empty-handed. Because faqr is also used for an empty land. Meaning land on which there is nothing. No vegetation, no building, no people, nothing at all. So likewise, a faqir is someone whose bank account is zero. His wallet is at zero. He doesn't have anything at all. He doesn't even have a wallet. So shaitan, he threatens you with faqr. He threatens you, he makes you afraid that if you give in the way of Allah, you will have nothing left. Does that happen? Does that happen? It happens a lot. We have six or seven pairs of nice dressy clothes, formal clothes, formal wear. And somebody needs such clothes. We have to give only one. But we think, then what will I wear? You have six more. You have five more. You have ten more. You have money sitting in your bank account from which you can go and buy more clothes anytime. But shaitan makes you worried. But what will I wear? What will I have? You know what? I won't give this. And you know what? I won't give anything at all actually. I'll just give some change that's sitting on my desk. I'll just give that. الشَّيْطَانُ يَعِذُكُمُ الْفَقْرِ you have a grocery cart full of food, full of food to the top. And there is that food bank box at the door of the grocery store where you could put at least one object, one can of juice maybe, one box of cereal maybe. But shaitan makes you worried. But what will you have for breakfast if you give the cereal away? What will you have for snack? What will you have then? As if that's the only food that you own. You have much more than that. Shaitan makes you think that you are poor. Whereas in reality, you are rich. الشَّيْطَانُ يَعِدُكُمُ الْفَقْرِ You have so much money sitting in your wallet, but you think, oh, but I need this money for my lunch. I need this money for this and that. You are so wealthy. But still shaitan makes you think that you are poor. And as a result of that, you refrain from spending. You know, sometimes I'm amazed. And how every other person has a phone. And it's not an ordinary phone. It's an expensive phone. And these phones are not cheap. You're talking about with the plan at least three, four hundred dollars. Without a plan at least seven hundred dollars. Add the taxes, eight hundred dollars. And then your monthly bills at least fifty to sixty to eighty dollars to a hundred dollars. I mean, you're pretty rich if you own that phone. Honestly. But what do we think? I don't have enough money. I don't think I can afford to give money here. I don't think I can afford to sponsor an orphan a dollar a day. I don't think I can afford to do this or do that. You have plenty of money. But shaitan makes you think that you are poor. And as a result of that, you don't give anything in the way of Allah. Allah is telling us very clearly, الشَّيْطَانُ يَعِذُكُمُ الْفَقْرَةِ 
And at the same time, وَيَأْمُرُكُمْ And he orders you بِالْفَحْشَاءِ With indecency. فَحْشَاءِ What is فَحْشَاءِ فَحَشِينَ It is an evil act which is accepted as evil. Meaning, everybody knows it's bad. It's evil. For example, murder. For example, zina. This is what? فَحْشَاءِ It's disgusting. Nobody wants to accept it. This is what فَحْشَاءِ is. So, وَيَأْمُرُكُمْ بِالْفَحْشَاءِ He orders you with فَحْشَاءِ What is فَحْشَاءِ referring to over here? It's referring to stinginess. The Arabs, they used to call a stingy person فَحِش. A stingy, a miser, was called فَحِش by the Arabs. Because you have to be really, really bad to be a stingy person. That there's someone in need, your family, or a poor person, a hungry person, and you're so evil, you're so bad, that you won't even give a little bit to them. You won't even spend a little bit to fulfill their need. You got to be really evil to be like that. So the Arabs, they used to call a stingy person, fahish. So shaitan, he orders you with stinginess. He orders you to be stingy. Fahsha is also understood as sinful ways, wrong ways. Because fahsha is sins. So he orders you to spend in sinful ways. And this is so true. For example, going to an Islamic event, buying a ticket for $10, like, oh my God, these people, they're always making money off of these tickets. You know, they have so much money, but still they charge us. Islamic knowledge should be given for free, and this is not fair. There's a whole list of complaints that people have. But if you have to pay $20 to go to the movies, $25, and you buy popcorn for how much money? It's expensive there, right? Or a drink? La ilaha illallah. $10, $12? Seriously? And you're sitting there and you think, yeah, you're supposed to eat popcorn when you're watching movies, right? When you're sitting at the theater. So, so what $12? So what $15? And there, by the time you leave, you've spent what? $50, $60, $80? We enjoyed the movie at least. What did you watch? What did you see? Somebody's aura? Some indecent things? What did you hear? Some music? What did you witness at the movies? What did you witness? Something that reminded you of your grave? Something that reminded you of the Day of Judgment? Something that reminded you to be good to others? وَيَأْمُرُكُمْ بِالْفَحْشَاءِ Spending on these things, not a problem. Our hard-earned money will go like this. And we think, oh, no problem. We're just having fun. But at the same time, spending $10 to buy a book, spending... A dollar ninety-nine to buy an Islamic app is like, oh my God, these people, look at them. They're using the deen to make money. We think religion should be for free. So, وَيَأْمُرُكُمْ بِالْفَحْشَاءِ He orders you with فَحْشَاءِ It's amazing how He corrupts our thinking. That where we should spend, we don't spend. And where we should not spend, He convinces us to spend there. وَيَأْمُرُكُمْ بِالْفَحْشَاءِ فَحْشَاءِ is also understood as israf. Spending extravagantly, beyond need, where we don't have to spend, but He makes us spend there. It's cool, why not? It looks so nice, why not? I have six pairs of shoes sitting at home, but this one looks so nice, why not? 
This style I don't have. This color I don't have. This fabric I don't have. This material I don't have. This brand I don't have. So there's no harm if I have an extra one. There's no harm if I have another one. But shaitan, he doesn't let us think, oh, this month, this week, I didn't give charity at all. I didn't even put a dollar. I didn't even give a dollar in charity. He doesn't let us think, وَيَأْمُرُكُمْ بِالْفَحْشَاءِ Every time we have some money, he orders us to spend that in extravagance. Spend that in useless things. وَيَأْمُرُكُمْ بِالْفَحْشَاءِ وَاللَّهُ يَعِدُكُمْ And Allah, what does He promise you? He promises you مَغْفِرَةً Forgiveness minhu from Him. Allah promises you forgiveness from Him. That if you spend in His way, what do you get from Allah? Forgiveness. Because when a person spends in the way of Allah, then he is performing a good deed. And good deeds, what do they do? They erase bad deeds. When a person spends in the way of Allah, then Allah will forgive him. What does it show to us? That if we have ever done something wrong and we're feeling horrible about it, then we should go and give sadaqah immediately. We should go and give sadaqah. Because sadaqah brings Allah's forgiveness. And not just maghfirah, but Allah also promises us wafadlan. What is fadl? Bounty, grace, favor. Allah promises us favor in return when we give sadaqah. What does this fadl refer to? This fadl is of dunya and of akhirah. It is of dunya and of akhirah. Favors upon us if we spend in Allah's way. Favors in this world, in this life, and many favors in the hereafter as well. What are some of the favors that Allah bestows on a person in this world when he spends Contentment, satisfaction, happiness. لا خوف عليهم ولا هم يحزنون. What other favors does a person experience in this world? That the wealth that he has, it increases, it grows. A hadith tells us that sadaqah does not reduce wealth. So if it does not reduce wealth, what does it do? It increases wealth. What other benefits are there in this life of giving charity? Calamities are averted, difficulties are averted, our matters become easy, Allah's help comes, the angels, they pray for a person, a person has barakah in his life, Allah helps him, there are many benefits. And it's also a means of cooling Allah's anger. In the hereafter, what's the fadl of Allah upon a servant who spends? What fadl will he receive in the hereafter? What benefits are there on the day of judgment? Okay, that a person is averted from the hellfire. His sadaqah will shield him from the fire of hell. Likewise, on the day of judgment, when all people are gathered, and there is no shade except for the shade of Allah, then some people will be given that shade. Of them is who? The one who spends in the way of Allah in such a manner that his left hand doesn't know what his right hand gave. Meaning even the most closest people do not know how much he has given, what he has given. He spends so secretly. So, fadl in the hereafter. And also fadl in the hereafter that we learned earlier, reward is multiplied 700 times. So, wallahu ya'idukum maghfiratan minhu wa fadlan. And fadlan is also 
extra gift, extra. That you don't just get reward for your sadaqah, but Allah will also forgive you. That's an added benefit of giving charity. Wallahu wasi'un alim. And Allah is wasi'. Vast. All of His attributes are vast. All encompassing. And He is alim. He is knowing. Allah's treasures are endless. You give, Allah will give you more. You give, Allah will reward you abundantly. You help others, Allah will help you. And He's alim. He knows about what you are spending, in what situation you are in, how difficult it may be for you to spend. Allah knows. And He will definitely reward you accordingly. Now in this ayah we see that there are two distinct spending habits. Meaning, people have spending habits, right? Some people, they don't spend much. Other people, they're just throwing their money everywhere. Sometimes literally, they don't even know that they have dropped their money. And they're too rich to pick up that change. So people have different spending habits. Now in this ayah we see, that one kind is that a person spends fi sabil shaytan in the way of shaytan, in obedience to shaytan, in the way that shaytan likes, in the way that shaytan suggests to him. And the other kind of spending is fi sabilillah, in obedience to Allah, in the way of Allah, that a person spends in order to attain the pleasure of Allah, his approval, his reward. Now when a person spends, in obedience to Allah. What does that mean? That he is spending to gain the pleasure of Allah. Even if he is fulfilling his own needs or the needs of his family or those people whom he is responsible for, he is spending in the way of Allah, for the deen of Allah. What does he want through that spending? He wants Allah's pleasure, His approval. That's his ultimate goal. So even when he's buying groceries, even when he's paying for the medication of his family, of his kids, his niyyah is, Ya Allah, you put me in this position, you've sent this test my way, so I'm spending, I'm doing my job, but I want reward from you. That's his intention. Examples of this? For instance, a person spends on what? On the deen, on the poor, the needy, the relatives, for a purpose. The second type of spending is, Fisabili shaitan in the way of shaitan, in obedience to shaitan. That when a person spends in that manner, in those ways, then who becomes happy? Shaitan becomes happy with him. And that means Allah is not happy with that person when he spent in that manner. What is included in this? Spending extravagantly. A dress that is to be worn for five hours, maybe, four hours maybe. It costs about hardly $3,000, worn by who? Our very own brides. And that outfit is worn how many times in her life? Once. It's too much to be worn ever again. That if you have a wedding dress, even if you want to wear it at your sister's wedding, you feel kind of awkward. That who's the bride, me or her? People will be confused. And people think, oh, you only get married once, hopefully. So this is your one day, okay? And you have the right to spend. Come on, we'll buy it for you. And they even have those TV shows these days, right? 
where everybody's getting so emotional and crying and those tears are coming and addresses for how much? $10,000. But the bride likes the dress which is for $12,000 or $15,000 so the family say, you know what, it's your day, we'll get it for you. And we forget about so many other people who need that money. Honestly, how many times are you going to wear that dress? How many times? You're only going to wear it once. And then once you have it, it is expected that you have to keep it for the rest of your life. You cannot give it to any other person. Why? Because otherwise your mother will get offended or your mother-in-law will get offended or whoever is going to get offended. You have to keep it for the rest of your life. It's sitting in a box in the basement, in a suitcase. Every now and then you open it and you show it to others and khalas. It's taking so much space, consuming so much of your time. Every time you look at it, you're reminded of some nice memories which you could even be reminded by through some pictures that you may have on your phone. Right? But you have to keep that dress. You have to waste that time. You have to waste that money. Who said? Who said you have to do it? You don't have to do it. And if you have made this mistake, that you have your wedding dress sitting in your house, then please, take it back home. And there are many people who are getting married and they cannot afford to buy a dress. So please give it to them. So that they are saved from extravagance. Please give it to others so that they can use it for a couple of hours and then it can be passed on to somebody else who can use it for a couple of hours. But even otherwise, you can get married while wearing something that's nice, but not extremely expensive. And simplicity, simplicity is something that is very beneficial. It's very, very beneficial. It will save you a lot of time. It will protect you. It will save you from a lot of stress that people go through when buying their wedding dress. They're shopping around one store, other store, one city, other city, one catalog, another catalog, one website, another website, one tailor, another tailor, one designer, another designer. So much time goes into this. People stress out so much and they have to try it on. Oh, it doesn't you know, fit from here and this is not right and that is not right. And then people are crying and getting overworked over it. I mean, it's not worth your time and energy. Simplicity will protect you from a lot of problems, a lot of stress. And you will get married very happily. Very happily. With that will come the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, His barakah as well, which will help you in your marriage. Many times it happens that when people are planning their wedding, they have a budget that we have to get married within $50,000, within $40,000, within $30,000, within twenty, ten, whatever a person's budget is. And then constantly there are arguments between the man and the woman, between her side of the family and his side of the family, that no, we want the wedding to be here. And no, we want this color. And no, we want matching this and we want matching that. The decor should be like this and the dress should be like this. and The, the list is endless. So many arguments. Obviously, shaitan wants us to argue. Obviously, shaitan wants us to stress out. Obviously, shaitan wants that when that couple comes together, they should begin their new life with stress and not happiness. That there should be awkwardness and tension between the family members. So that people are distracted from more important things in their lives. So, when a person spends extravagantly, he is spending in the cause of shaitan. So be careful. 
be very careful. How much are we spending? What are we spending on? And also remember, israf, to become a little bit more clear here, israf does not mean buying something expensive. Because something could be very expensive, but also very beneficial. If you can afford it, and at the same time you're also spending on the poor and the needy, you're fulfilling your obligations towards others, then it is permissible for you to use expensive things as well. There is no harm in that, especially when it helps you. For example, if you have a computer that costs $3,500, you could get a computer for $300 even, but is there a difference? There is a huge difference. You need that expensive computer because it works faster, it has certain software programs, whatever, the memory, the speed, whatever is very good, so it works really well for you. You have that money, Okay, alhamdulillah, buy it. But have the good intention that you're not showing off with it, you're not just buying it because everybody has it. You're buying it for a reason. And at the same time, you're also spending on the needy, on others. So this is something that we should be clear about. Now, spending in obedience to shaitan also includes wasting money, wasting wealth. How do people waste wealth? Rather, how do we waste wealth? Spending on useless things, for example. Okay, going to the movies, what else? Okay, extra clothes that you don't really need. Updating your wardrobe or your kitchen or your whatever all the time. That when we're at the grocery store, you know, we buy whatever we feel like, whatever looks good, and then we come and stock it up in the refrigerator, in the freezer, and it just sits there until the garbage day comes and we throw everything out. This is what? Wasting wealth. So for example, birthday parties or anniversaries or whatever, what do people do? They have a particular theme. So for example, for a baby shower, since the baby is going to be a girl, so everything has to be pink and everything has to be blue and everything has to be this and everything has to be that. I mean, so much money is spent into those things. Wasting wealth. What are you going to do with all that decor afterwards? You know, a little bit, okay. You have some balloons, nice. Children can play with it. But such decor which is just sitting there and afterwards you take it off and you throw it in the garbage, you've literally thrown money in the trash. Literally. Just in a different form. Likewise, spending in obedience to shaitan includes spending on mere desires, on the fulfillment of desires. That you feel like having a Coke. And you're like, yeah, I have money, I can buy it. But just because you feel like it, you're not hungry. You just ate an hour ago. You drank so much an hour ago. You had a drink an hour ago. But you want to have another one just because you saw somebody drinking it. You see somebody having a chocolate bar. So you're tempted as well. You had chocolate just this morning and you still want to have more. You feel like it. You go buy it. You eat it. You eat half of it. You throw the rest of it. You're passing by Tim Hortons. You're like, yeah, of course. I have to buy a tea. I have to buy a coffee. And you take two sips and leave the rest of it. And since, oh, it looks so awkward, I'm only buying a coffee, let me buy a cookie as well. Let me buy some donuts as well. So this is what? Spending on mere desires. It doesn't mean that you're not allowed to eat chocolate, you're not allowed to drink soda, you're not allowed to have cookies. Of course, you need it, you want it, go ahead. But don't go on spending all the time. Don't go on fulfilling your desires constantly. Control yourself a little bit as well. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Bani Israel, ayah 27, that إِنَّ الْمُبَذِّرِينَ كَانُوا إِخْوَانَ الشَّيَاطِينَ وَكَانَ الشَّيْطَانُ لِرَبِّهِ كَفُورًا Indeed, the wasteful are brothers of the devil, and ever has shaytan been to his Lord ungrateful. So those people who waste their money, they are brothers of shaytan. So we have to save ourselves from the extremes of spending, that we don't waste money, and at the same time, we don't even become too stingy. Be balanced, be moderate. And how can you be moderate? When you check, do I need this? Can I do without it? Do I absolutely need it? Okay, if I need it, if it's going to make my life useful, if it's going to be beneficial for me, then you get it. But if you think that I can do without it, it's not going to make me any more productive, it's not going to make me any more fast at my work, then there's no need to buy it. No need to spend your money over there. And the thing is that when we spend on our desires only, and when we spend extravagantly, then yes, we have nothing left to spend in the way of Allah. We have nothing left to spend in the way of Allah then. For example, your allowance is $50 a month. You're in high school, for example. You have $50 a month as your allowance. And every day, you could take lunch from home, but you say, no, I want to eat at Tim Hortons with my friends. I want to eat at this restaurant with my friends every day. So for every day you spend five, 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 five dollars. You could save money and take a sandwich from home. Couldn't you? You could. But you're fulfilling your desire by eating out every day. As a result, those fifty dollars are gone and you didn't even give a dollar in sadaqah. And you say, oh, I don't work. I only get fifty dollars a month. You understand? This is what happens. When we waste money, when we spend only on fulfillment of desires and we don't have enough to spend in the way of Allah. There is no barakah in our money. Money comes and it goes and you wonder what happened. When a person spends in the way of Allah consciously, then there will be barakah in his wealth as well. But when a person is just fulfilling his desires, no barakah, no blessing whatsoever. You know there are people who make very little money, but still it's sufficient for them. And at the same time, there are people who make double, triple the amount. But they say, you know what, I think I have to increase my hours at work. I need more money. The problem is with spending habits. So analyze your spending habit. In this month, how much money have I spent fi sabilillah? And how much money have I spent fi sabilishaytan? Wal-riyadu billah. Let's listen to the recitation. يا أيها الذين آمنوا أنفقوا من طيبات ما كسبتم ومما أخرجنا لكم من الأرض ولا تيمموا الخبيث منه تنفقون ولستم بآخذيه إلا أن تغمضوا فيه واعلموا أن الله غني حميد الشيطان يعدكم الفقر ويأمركم بالفحشاء وَاللَّهُ يَعِدُكُمْ مَغْفِرَةً مِّنْهُ وَفَضْلًا وَاللَّهُ وَاسِعٌ عَلِيمٌ Somebody asked a question that what should we do with the things in our closets that we want to get rid of? What should we do with them? First of all, whenever you want to get rid of something, 
Ask yourself, why am I getting rid of it? What's the reason? I gave you the example of the whisk. Okay? Many times it happens that just because we have seen a new, nicer item in the store, we want to buy that. But then we can't have two because we are out of space. So we have to get rid of one. So tell yourself first that just because there is a newer, nicer one, it doesn't mean that I have to get it. If the one that I have right now works perfectly fine, it fulfills my need, I don't need to buy a new one. Do you see what I mean? So you won't need to get rid of what you have. And if it doesn't work properly, then nobody can use it. So where should it go? In the recycling. Okay? But then there are some things which are not useful for you anymore, but at the same time they're not in perfect condition. Let's say you bought a dress and it got burnt from the side. You were ironing it, you didn't realize, and it got slightly burnt from the side. So before you give it away, what should you do? Try to have it fixed or give it to someone who could have it fixed. Don't give it to someone who will wonder, okay, this dress is useless, we're going to have to throw it. Believe me, many times it happens that when clothing donation is being accepted, majority of it goes in the trash. Majority of it goes in the trash. It doesn't go to the needy. Why? Because it doesn't meet the requirements. So when you give something, make sure that it is in such a condition that it can be used by another. So either fix it or give it to someone who can fix it. Alright? So this is something that we can do. Another question is that if you have debts, should you still give or should you pay off the debt first? A person who has debts to pay off his main number one priority should be to pay off the debt. Before she goes on buying makeup, before she goes on buying one bag after another and more clothes, her main priority should be to pay off the debt. It doesn't mean that she doesn't spend on her basic needs. Yes, she spends on her needs, but the main priority should be paying off debts. All right? And then a person should be concerned about other things. But if it's such a debt that it's going to take years to pay off. So for example, if a person has you know, a particular plan that every month they give, let's say, $1,000 to pay off that debt or $1,500 to pay off that debt. And that is the plan that they've made in order to pay off the debt within a certain period of time. And they have leftover wealth as well. So that leftover wealth, whatever they have, from it, they should spend. But also remember that when you have a plan of paying off your debt within five years, within ten years, you could pay off more every month so that it takes less time to pay off your debt. I know of people who have their houses paid off. How? Working like crazy six days a week, morning, night, working constantly. Why? Because as soon as they realized this was a haram loan, this was not correct, they wanted to get out of it as quickly as possible. They didn't spend extra, they didn't spend here, there, every penny would go into paying off the debt. And alhamdulillah, they were out of that debt within a few years. And people are shocked, amazed, that how could you afford a house so quickly? How could you pay it off so quickly? We live in houses that we don't own, we drive cars that we don't own, and we think we are millionaires, but when it comes to giving sadaqah, we say, oh, we have debts to pay off. So shaitan also prevents us from spending in good ways through this.